0: thought uh, that the disciples uh, said to Jesus uh, when they were watching him pray, and the disciples said to Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray, teach us to pray. Now I want to do this a little different, I'm not going to go down through the prayer and teach us to pray today because I believe most of us know how to pray Some of the most dynamic answers to prayer I've ever witnessed in my life were not even spoken. They were not even spoken. But oh, believe me, they came from a sincere heart. They came from a heart that was desperate. A heart that was hungry. A heart that wanted God. Amen. And so today, I want to look at this a little bit different. Lord, teach us to pray. Luke 11 and 1. And I'm reading out of the King James version on this. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, "Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. Father, Forever, ever how long that you deem here today. Let us, as we are gathered here together in the presence of God, in the presence of the Holy Spirit, and with your precious word, let us hear, let us understand, and let us have the courage and the faith to go forward and obey your precious word. Let us honor and cherish our relationship with you, that we may bring honor to our Father in heaven from the life we are living upon this earth. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. So in these in this one verse here, church, you see a couple things that's going on. You see that Jesus was praying. And if you follow Jesus... Ministry in his life he would go off and pray often but this time he was praying in the presence of his disciples and so Jesus was praying but the disciples were there with him and they were witnessing him praying well not only was Jesus touching the heart of the father for himself oh God bless you Not only was he touching the heart of the father for himself because he was praying to God, right? Grandma only going to take you so far, sweetie. Mama's prayers and grandma's prayers only take us so far. There comes a time that we have to stand before the father with our own relationship and we have to be responsible with our walk, amen? And so Jesus himself was taking time to touch the heart of the Father for himself. Come on, somebody. And the disciples were there watching and witnessing. But not only was Jesus touching the heart of God for himself, but he was being a witness and an example unto his disciples. He was showing them this is important. And another thing that I see in this, one of the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. And I got to looking that over and thinking about it, and I thought, how many different things, how many things could the disciples ask Jesus for? They had seen him do many things. They could have said, hey, Lord, uh, how about teaching us how to preach? Amen. He was a pretty good speaker, you know. Used those parables, touched many lives. They could ask him, Hey, uh, we've been watching you and we noticed that miracles happen. How about teaching us how to do miracles? Could they not have asked these things? Hey, Lord, how, how about asking us how to do healings? But they didn't. They said, Hey, Lord, teach us how to pray. Isn't that amazing that of all the things the disciples could ask for, they never even asked for wisdom. They never asked for a new mansion. They didn't ask for a new house. Lord, teach us how to pray. That is the most important, most effective thing that you will ever do upon this earth. Oh, I hope you catch this. Get down on your knees before Almighty God and touch the heart of the Father on your own behalf and on the behalf of those that you are concerned about. Do you think our nation needs to be covered in prayer today? Have you ever seen darker times? I have not. And I'm telling you the answer is, church, we have got to continue to pray. We've got to pray in front of our grandchildren We got to pray in front of our children. We got to pray in front of our spouses. We got to pray in front of our co workers. We got to pray in front of the public when we bow our head and thank God for the meal (laughs) that He's about to give us here and ask Him to bless it into our bodies for nourishment that we might have the strength to go forward. Amen. Lord, teach us how to pray. And then He went down through there and He said, okay. And He gave them the model for prayer. Amen. I'm not going to get into that today. I want to go somewhere else. I just thought it was amazing that of all the things they could ask for, teach us how to pray. You want to be a good preacher? You'll have to be a good prayer first. Well, they told me to study the Word. The Word is what you're going to pray about. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I pray most of the time when I pray? I pray the word. I pray the word right back to you. Your word says. Amen. And then we get a stand on that. I remember one time at our church, my wife and I were going through something. Or maybe she was and I going through it with her. You know we're together, right? So they had us up front. The pastor and the sister pastor. And the church was praying over us. Amen. Can I encourage you? And maybe you do it. God bless you. Get your pastor and his family up front often. And you pray over them. You pour into them. You ask God to help them. Amen. Seriously. And we're down there and we're praying. One of the old school girls Sister Carrie Lane, I'm telling you, when that woman looked you in the eye, you saw something besides flesh. There was a fire in there. And it about half scared me most of the time. For the first year or two that I went to that church, I sidestepped her. I'm like, you stay over there. Amen, one of them kind of saints. You knew she carried the, the Holy Ghost with her. And she was praying over us and she said, she took her Bible, and she throwed it down on the floor. And I'm like, oh, no! the world are we doing here? And she opened it up to a certain verse, and she grabbed my wife. She said, stand on that word. My wife, man, I mean, I, oh, her poor little mind had to be just, oh, my Lord, is this really? And my wife looked at her, and she said, I said, stand on the word of God. Up on that Bible she went, and I prayed, Lord, don't kill us now. Just help us. We just need help. Amen? But do you know that standing on the Word of God is exactly what we need to do? We need to quit hearing all the nonsense of the world and hear what thus saith the Lord, don't we? And believe it and pray it back to him. And say, Lord, your word says, by my, by my stripe, by your stripes, I am healed. We have to quote that, believe it, and confess it. Amen. And so the word goes with the prayer, but the Holy Ghost also needs to be present. I'm looking for a day. And if you're doing this, dad's. Your family and your children are blessed. A dad that will sit at the dinner table and pray over the meal. The dad, the father, the head of the household. Looking for dads that will grab their children up, up under his arms, maybe in his lap. And pray over them and pray the blessings and the promises of God in their lives. Amen. When your children get hurt, do they come to you, Dad, and say, Daddy, it hurts. Would you pray for me? We need a dad. We need a mom who's not afraid to pray in front of their children. I pray to God that moms and dads would start praying together. There's a synergy. When mom and dad comes together. The enemy cannot fight that. I'm telling you, there is a power. I'm going to show you something here. This thought just came to me. I was in the hospital the first time with the COVID. The first time had double pneumonia. And every day, the inflammation was getting worse. Every day, uh, my oxygen levels were getting worse. Day after day after day. That went on for a whole entire week, seven days. At the end of that seven days... I wasn't breathing very good. I wasn't doing anything very good. And I told them I said the dumbest thing that I've ever seen in my life is to keep a man's family from him in a time when he needs them the most. They wouldn't let my wife, my dad, nobody, nobody come and see me. Just the nurses. Amen. I said I've never seen the such. And I said, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask everybody I know to pray that that there will get turned around because that's just crazy. Guess what? They come in on Sunday and said, you can have visitors starting tomorrow. Amen? Yeah. Prayer. Prayer. Guess who's the first one to come? Who do you think the first one to come in there? That's right. A little old fireball. She'd come up in there and she had bags and it looked like she getting ready to pack me up and take me home. I said, I told the nurses, I said, look, there is something very powerful about the touch of a loved one. And I said, there's something very powerful about somebody you love and trust to put their hands on you and pray over you. And I said, that is what I need. I said, I know there's people praying. I need my wife in here to put her hands on me, anoint me with the oil, and we go to the Lord together. Together we go to the Lord. And guess what happened? My wife comes in, She put her hands on me. Well, she hugged me, about choked me half to death. I couldn't breathe good anyhow. I said, baby, baby. Let me breathe. Oh, I'm sorry. And so here we are. And she holds me and she prays over me. And we go to the throne of God together. That was Monday. Tuesday, I'm way better. Wednesday, I'm way better. Thursday, I'm way better. Friday, I go home. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? The power of prayer. But there's nothing more powerful than the two that God put together and two become one. Join in, in prayer. Join in prayer, mom and dad, over your family. Watch and see what God will do. Amen. I want to turn to Mark chapter 5, verse 25. This might seem a little bit out of the way these verses, but I think I'll tie them in to where they can help us. Excuse me for one moment. I haven't got to walk around like this while I'm preaching for a long time. And if my wife was here, I wouldn't be doing it now. The other day, I was just getting back into the pulpit. And uh, I went up there. And, of course, when I get up to the pulpit, I got my mind on the word, my mind on the Lord. And, and uh, I was supposed to grab, there was a tall stool. I was supposed to grab it and bring it up there to the pulpit. when I got tired, I was supposed to sit down on it and just keep going. I forgot it. I get going there and. My wife must have heard me breathing a little bit or something, and here she comes, sis. And my wife, after 20-some years, she has never, ever, ever approached the pulpit. Never. And I seen her coming, and I knew she's coming to the pulpit, and she's coming up. And I thought, oh, Lord, what have I done? What have I said? What is she going to do? And she just went right on past me, and I kept trying to preach. I thought, she's she going to hit me in the back of the head? What's going on, Brother Bat? woo and she got over there and she got that stool and she brought it up and set it right beside me and she goes, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Not going to argue with you right now. Amen. Though she was here today, I wish she was, even if she would make me sit down a minute. Here we go. Watch. Mark 5 and 25. And a certain woman Which had an issue of blood 12 years and suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing better. King James was a hillbilly. Nothing bettered, bettered, E.D., he said. But rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind him and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. I'm going to tell you why I really want to use these verses. So many people have a negative view of God. Even some Christians have a negative view of God. They think God is just mad at them. They think God is just upset with them. And they think God is just waiting for them to mess up so he can punish them some more. But I want to present to you that this woman that wasn't even supposed to be out in public went out into public. And this woman that certainly was not supposed to be touching anybody Went for a purpose of touching somebody because she had faith in her heart and she believed in her heart. Now, watch. Yes, she believed that God would heal her, but she also had to believe that God was good, that He would not look at her and say, Woman, you are unclean. Flee from me. She had to believe in her heart that He would not embarrass her in public. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, God is good. All the time. Even when he makes a harsh judgment, God is good. Amen? This lady had to know in her heart because in the Jewish law back then, she was ceremonially unclean. She was not allowed in public. She knew that and everybody else knew it. Jesus knew that. But Jesus said, you've been made whole. Go about your way. Amen. He never mentioned her being unclean. He never mentioned her her issue with blood. He said, your faith has made you whole. We have to know, church. Yes, God knows all things. He knows my bad. He knows my shortcomings. But He also knows... When you get on your knees before him and you have sincerity in your heart and you ask God to help you, he is a good God and he will help you. He will hear your cry. He'll see the sincerity of your heart. We've got to know that our God is a good God. What are we saying? He's a good, good father. Yes, you are. Amen. God, in all of our filthiness, still went to the cross on behalf of us, the dirtiest, most sinful people alive. While we were yet sinners, he went to that cross. He didn't ask us to get cleaned up. He didn't ask us to do better. He said, do you believe? Do you believe? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Do you believe enough to get on your knees once in a while and cry out to God on behalf of yourself, on behalf of others, on behalf of your pastor, on behalf of your church, hallelujah. We've got to make sure that we are doing the most important thing in life and that is humble ourselves in the sight of God. Humble ourselves and ask him for help. There's no doubt the most anointed preachers, whoever they are, have paid the price for the anointing. You're not buying it. You're not purchasing it. You're just continuing to believe in hard times. Are you hearing me? You're just continuing to believe and trust God in hard times. Yes, you don't throw in the towel. You throw the towel at old Satan's head and cover up his ugly face and say, get thee behind me. I'm going to believe God. Amen. I'm going to believe God. I'm going to trust God. There was a lot at risk. By the way, that lady is unnamed. Anybody ever study out and try to find what her name was she's unnamed she's unnamed but she sure has been talked about a lot in a good way amen in a good way God sees and knows all because he sees and knows all he still chooses to love you and I unconditionally unconditionally and he'll use every circumstance in your life to try to convince you to draw more near to him. When I was down on my back, the second time, within two weeks, double pneumonia again. That time I was in the hospital for four weeks, and I was flat on my back. I did not have the energy, church, to just sit up in bed. No stomach muscles. Couldn't push up with my arms. My muscles were gone. Jesus didn't walk in the room, but his presence did. You know what I mean? His reverend presence came in my hospital room, and I knew it was him, and I was afraid because I knew I was unclean and undone. Should have got a couple Amen's there. Do you know you're unclean and undone? You've not arrived yet. We're on this side of heaven, Church. Amen. I didn't see him sit down by my bed, but I knew he was there. And he spoke to me, return to your first love. That's what he spoke, and that's all he spoke. And he spoke it in such a love that I never encountered up to that day or since, return to your first love. It was not a condemnation. It was a sincere conviction, busyness, family, life. these things are getting in between us, and I'm jealous. Return to your first love. You know what I did? In my heart, I never even spoke a word, Brother Flynn. I said, yea, Lord. Yea, Lord. You see, when God speaks, he is a spirit of truth. He cannot lie. And when he speaks something so profound as that into your heart, please have enough reverence for him. To have the courage and the faith to obey. Amen. And so since that day, my eyes leak a lot. They leak a lot. They're leaking right now. Because God is love. And the song you sang a while ago caused me to get out of my chair and get down on my knees and cry out to my God and thank Him for loving me and being a good God. Amen. When I got up from my knees, I looked down through here, and there was a whole church full of them that was praising God and thanking God for who He is in their life, giving Him honor, giving Him praise. And that's why I said, You have matured. You are still maturing in your worship cornerstone. Continue on. Continue on because there's more. How many knows there's always more with God? There's always more. You may think you're doing the best you can. And you may be running to and fro. You may be putting 190,000 miles on your pickup truck in three years, and you think, man, I'm blazing a trail, and God will walk up into your room and say, return to your first love, son. Come on, somebody. Oh, it's not the quantity, it's the quality. God wants you and I more than he wants anything else. And honey, when that gets a little bit out of balance, he'll remind you. And aren't we grateful and thankful that he does? Glory to God. I guess I can still get loud. I told that lady, brought me the, bless her heart, brought me the mic. I said, Yeah, I need that. I, I probably can't holler like she. she said, Oh, I'll bet you can. God is so good. We're a blessed people. You're in a community that has more power than the devil. Amen, Come on, you're in a community. I call it the faith community. I covet prayers. Mama Bailey. what do we used to call you Kemp? Mama Bailey, Grandma Bailey? Mama Jules. Then we had Papa Helton. We got Papa Abba Father. He loves you more than I'll ever be able to explain, but I'm going to keep trying. Amen. Because his love is the greatest thing. And thank God that his love never ends, never fails. Amen, church. Amen. His love. Hey, you know what, Brother Matt? You just made a lifelong friend with my wife because she's watching online. Look at here, baby, I'm sitting down. I'm being a good boy if I don't fall down. Ah, ah, that ain't working. Let me get over here where I can see y'all. i got to see you. There we go. She said... I'll be, a, I'll be a watching online. Oh, I know, I know. Okay, pray for me. I am. Look here, baby. I'm having a seat. Amen. I'm having a seat with Jesus. Mama Jules, I seen you pointing low. I said, oh, Lord, did my pants fall down? <laughs> she pointed at me. like I'm like, I'm scary. I, I, I put a check in my spirit. Brother Branham still lingering around. That honoree spirit, amen. And the church can say, amen. Praise God. Recently, and I'm going to close with this. Recently, my uh, nephew, one of my nephews, had a cyst on the inner thigh here and It had been there for quite a while, but, you know, he's a young man with family, works hard every day to raise his family. And uh, that cyst kept growing and growing and growing. Finally, he couldn't really work or function with it, so he went to the doctor. Right? That's what we do. When we have to go, we finally go. And the doctor said, uh, I'm pretty well convinced that is cancer. The big C word. Very scary for a young dad raising family. And they sent him to the University of Chicago to get a confirmation, to get another opinion. And he went to Chicago, and they checked him out. And the doctor there said, I give you 10% chance that that is not cancerous. 10% chance. They did a biopsy. And the biopsy came back 100% clean. No cancer. Amen. Amen. But the faith community, the faith community were praying and asking God for mercy and asking God for a healing. Amen. Why do we pray? Because God hears us. If he hears the bad, he certainly hears the good. Why don't we keep calling out to a good father? Amen. 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 Do you have uh altar workers yeah would the would the uh, prayer team come up please those that work the altar because we are going to go to the Lord in prayer. I would like for you to remember Rhonda and I thank you again for your many prayers but here's my request to all of you as you stand with us please you stand with us the worship team is going to be playing we're going to come together here and we're going to pray here's my challenge to you today could we humble ourselves right now the presence of God could we humble ourselves and could we come forward and share our heart with God if you need to pray for healing pray for healing that's fine I thank God for those that pray for healing but what about if we share deeper things like Lord I pray that I'll be a Become a better witness. There's some people in your family and your neighborhood or your co-workers that still need salvation. We need courage and love to be that witness and that light. I wonder if we said, Lord, I'd like to just enjoy more of Abba Father. I'd like to just humble myself and come into his presence more often, stay longer because God wants to be the first love of your life. I wonder if we could ask for if you're a mom or you're a a wife that you would come and pray, Lord, maybe I could become even a more supportive wife. If you're a dad, you would pray, Lord, Help me to have the love and the wisdom and the courage to lead my family. To teach them the ways of God. That they themselves will love you. Could we humble ourselves for a little bit here today. And come and be honest with God. Come on. Come on. All across the room. Come on. It's okay. He didn't turn away the lady that should not come to him ceremonially unclean he didn't turn her away he healed her he showed her love will you come if you need to sit down and pray up here sit down and pray but the most important thing is to humble yourself in the sight of God and come and pray